This is potentially catastrophic. I have a whole stack of books to read. Joy Harjo's Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. Venice by Jan Morris. Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. Romeo and Juliet. And there's a whole bunch of books I read before. It's from the 1st of March, 2016. From the 27th of April, 27th of July. So I guess the only thing to do is see how the books speak to each other. <laughs> okay. Oh, brilliant. This is probably going to get weird. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 10. Um, so today, <laughs> I had a couple of big heavy thoughts sort of early in the day and had to walk around with them. And um, so I was not in a place where reading a whole lot of words without a whole lot of pictures uh, was a thing that I was ready to do. So um, a few weeks ago, I had checked out a couple of craft books from the library. So I decided to sit down and read one with a glass of water on my bed because that is how I nap. So this is uh, Rebound, Creating Handmade Books from Recycled and Repurposed Materials. It was published in 2009 by Quarry Books and it is by a woman called Janine Stein. Um, I, I love craft books. Like I think as a genre they have a sort of, there's a misogyny issue. Um, there are fairly sexist moments. There's a lot of like, even it, especially in knitting and crochet books, I think that I don't know anything about sewing or quilting books because that's not what I do. And I don't know anything about beading books because usually the ones that I read are like so complicated. I will literally never be able to do them. And so it's more like couture, um, beading, which is a very real thing. And, and so, um, it's like the the audience, I think that they think that the audience is less concerned with day-to-day -day home things, right? Because they're making these pieces that are art pieces that will stand out from home in some way. They aren't homely. Um, and it seems to me that the closer you get to something that could be in a kitchen or in a bathroom or next to a bed, the more tendency, like the greater chance for there to be things like this. For a masculine looking book, bind the covers, covers with hemp or suede laces. Instead of a ribbon closure, use leather strips or frayed fabric strips, which is on a book that it has a really, it's a very cool um, sketchbook. It's a sketchbook notebook combo. Um, and it's bound with red ribbon. Like, ah, so girly. Um, it was just peculiarly egregious on this. I learned a few months ago, I went to a book binding, bookmaking workshop at the Pulitzer Foundation for the Arts here in St. Louis. Um, and came back with this fire and strength that I know how to make a book. I mean, I know a way to make a book. I actually know two ways to make a book. One of them is a zine, just in book size. Um, and the other involved thread and punching holes and marking things and measuring. And I was very, very into it and used the skills that I gained in the, that workshop to make a book for 
um, presentation for um, a, a theatrical performance that I did back in April. And it it's just, it's incredible to know that you can make a book. It's such a, it's for a reader. I have no idea what it's like for a not reader. For a reader, for me, it's, it's so empowering and it connects me so much more to this thing that I love so much that even when I run into these blatant, blatant moments of fuck you, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to learn new skills, to have new ideas about how to put things together, to think about, you know, sewing signatures into books differently and to consider what it would be to make a book for display, you know, in my home or to make something for, as a gift for somebody who is very different than I am, but who, who might enjoy, uh, there's a, I was thinking of this because there's a, a book at the very end of this, which is a pattern book purse journal. And it's, it's, it looks like a, a stylish sort of coach purse. And inside is this massive journal that can be used as an idea book. Not me at all. However, what an amazing thing to be able to make for somebody and send to them. Uh, I, I just, I find it fascinating. Uh, once I started to learn how to read these craft books as um, things that will not give you all of the information that you need, but will definitely, if you slow down and actually read the steps and, and think about what will work for you and what won't work for you, can be really, really inspiring uh, in these very occasionally very strained, strained ways. Okay, so today's book is from the 7th of March, 2016. Well, what the? Okay. Uh, I have no idea how this is going to go. So this is a novel called Death in Spring by uh, it's a Spanish author whose name I'm going to mispronounce. My apologies. Uh, Merce Rodoreda. It is translated by Martha Tennant. This was published originally in 1986 in Catalan. Uh, it has been since republished in English in 2015 by Open Letter Books. <sighs> Y'all don't even know how complicated this is going to be. Okay, so from page 53. It was time to go in search of red powder. The wind on Marldina was like no other, unremitting, never sporadic. It was a weary wind, furious to be compelled to storm through the heather endlessly. As we scaled the mountain, the wind would wrench shrubs out of the ground, tossing them in the air where they remained for a moment mottled against the light. The shouts commenced as soon as the first men descended into the cave. There was virtually no powder. One man exclaimed that it was pointless to shout. Shouting made souls happy. The man beside him announced that the souls, souls weren't at fault. If such things as souls existed, what had happened was clear. Because of the terrible summer heat, powder hadn't fallen from the walls. The man who said it was pointless to shout told them to be quiet. They didn't know what they were saying. The souls of all the unnamed dead were laughing because the villagers were shouting. He could hear them laughing. So here are my notes. With no idea what to expect when I started this book, I finished it completely in love with the author. Death in Spring is unlike any other work I've read. The unnamed protagonist is fully involved in the life and culture of a terrifying, isolated community. We see everything through his eyes. So when we get exposition, it is matter of fact and almost stream of consciousness. 
He occasionally is distracted by what passes for wonder at the natural world, which surrounds, almost controls, definitely informs the rhythms of this twisted and tortured collection of humanity. It works as allegory, but I think that in the way of Tolkien's notion of applicability rather than a one-to-one -one correlation. The pervasive air make so much inevitable, so much desperate, so much unattainable. The imagery is horrifying, but as it is offered without any manipulative vibe, I was not scared reading it, rather aware of the deep trauma of life in such circumstances. What does a life without security, without lasting compassion, with only suffocation and endless horror sound like? What is the heartbeat of someone raised that way? It is an extremely carefully crafted book, and I will be sad to pass it to my friend, but look very much forward to what he thinks of it. I do not think that I suddenly have a taste for horror, but I am definitely interested in her novels and will happily read as many more as I can. Just tremendous and troubling. Again, though, a woman writing the story of a man. When will we speak of ourselves as more than narrative practicalities? So this book is... There's, there are a lot of layers to this book that I don't understand because I am not from Spain. I do not know anything meaningful of Spanish history um, or of Catalan history. And this is very much a, an allegorical response to what was then contemporary Spain for this author. Um, it is a terrifying story of a community in which... Um, humans are like every time the adults go out for this ritual the children are locked in specially made cupboards under or in the kitchen all of the children are are locked in these cupboards in their homes and that's normal and because this is a story that's not being told from the point of view of a new person coming in but rather of a person who has grown up and is simply um, kind of an anomaly, like his story follows a path that is unlike the other children, not by dint of his will, but by a series of accidents. And because of these accidents, he begins to see the fringes of his community and he begins to explore them. And so the, the book follows him as he does this and as he pushes against the traditions. And I'm being very careful talking about it because it's a gross ass book. It's just disgusting. I mean, it's not gory. It is viscerally hard to read in many places. Um, and, and I don't mean in the way that like, I can't read torture and rape. I cannot do it. It's so it's not that this is something different <laughs> and terrifying. Um, I think the, the image that sticks with me is that when people, when it's time for people to die, um, they pour concrete down their throats and then shove them in these trees, which are behave sort of like a Venus flytrap. And, but they're still alive when they go into the trees and then the tree makes them a part of itself. And every tree has a name. Like you are given a tree at birth, your name is put on a plaque by the tree that will eventually be where you die. And that is how every person in this community dies. And the main character tries to, or is it his father? that Who tries to kill himself before 
he goes into this tree so that he will be dead. And um, and the villager, or he, they try to put, he tries to put himself in the tree, but he, he tries to circumvent tradition in some way. And the villagers like come and wrench him out and make him go through it. And at the very, well, it's it's something that comes up again and again. And the the thing with the powder that is from the passage that I read, um, it has to do with he the main character and another character go and are stealing the powder but I cannot remember for what purpose. And then it, you know, because they exist on the periphery and are functioning uh, without consequence on the periphery, the consequences for the whole community. And then he tries to make up for it by like participating in community activities, which are all horrible. All of them are horrible. And, and it has no meaningful effect on him or on the community. So it's uh, it's a really fascinating book. I, I lament that I am monolingual. Um, I think that in the original Catalan, I expect that its power is increased exponentially. Um, and I do, I recommend it. I think Open Letter is doing a good thing by translating and printing her, her novels. Uh, how does that relate to a book about making books? I literally read is where we're at that apparently red ribbon is feminine and red powder is necessary. Uh, what else? The reader of Redbound isn't is expected to be a reader. No, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. There's something in craft, though. I think that's probably the only place that it's going to be. It's this idea of how carefully crafted this is. Mm. I wonder if I could... I, not, it all seems stretched, doesn't it? Like, there's, there's a, um, a photo album in here, in the, in the Rebound book. And I'm thinking about how I'm remembering Death in Spring, and it is as a series of, I guess, moving photographs, almost like a GIF, but, you know, in the size of a 3x5 postcard or index card. Um, very science fiction. But, you know, I guess you could make the argument that it's also very um, fingertip level, right? Like, like everything that happens in this book is is extremely tactile but but not it's not bodily i mean it is bodily in many ways but like as a reader you know you're not separated by learning from any of this it's all in your hand and it's very very real and um there's something extraordinarily real about making a book that is is actually legitimate i mean the it's it's this undeniable relationship that you now have with this text that's in your hand, whatever you choose to do with it. Uh, it's, it's incredibly unique to me. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay. Well, I had been waiting for a stretch. I do not know how well I did and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that sit. It was nice to think about this book again though. Um, okay. So rebound, 
by Janine Stein from Quarry Books, all about uh, creating handmade books from recycled and repurposed materials. And Death in Spring by Merce Rodoreda from Open Letter Books. It was printed in 2015. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Uh, I, I appreciate your patience in this trying and strained time. See you tomorrow. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to see what kinds of nonsense I get up to then. Shop local, support your local library, and keep your bookshelves brave. Thank you so much for listening. Bye now.